today uh, what was on my heart. Um, we, uh, for some of you, you might know, too, we had a guest speaker uh, lined up for today, but due to some uh, family things, had to, had to cancel on us. And um, so, uh, sorry, you have to put up with me today. So, anyway, but uh, I'm going to talk about impacting our generation. And uh, there's just, there just so many ways of doing it. And, um, uh, you know, we've heard from, uh, from Kathy about VBS and Micah about CWA and, and, and Brother Scott about CR. And just, there's just, just a few avenues there of, of reaching a people group in a different way. Amen. Scott mentioned the prison. You know, there's a few of us that go into the prison, uh, you know, every week and, and do things that, uh, in there. And it's not for everybody, but it's another way to reach, amen, and impact a generation. Amen. How many know that this may not be the last generation, but it's your last generation? And the word generation in itself just means the time, the time span that you're in. All right? So that's your generation. Amen. And we're all called to impact, to influence, amen, uh, to somehow imprint into our generation, amen, a message of, our, of the love of God, amen, of the power of God, of the goodness of God, amen, and so on. And so it's what it's about. Uh, I appreciate uh, ministries that, uh, you know, all around, they're just things, people that are doing studies, they've got your courage groups and uh, we got uh, the nursing home ministry, and we just, uh, you know, I know when I do this, I, you always run the risk of missing somebody, but uh, we just got ways of doing it. You know, everything from uh, gifts for giggles and, and uh, harvest carnival and, and these different things are just different ways to connect, different ways to imprint or to impart, amen, or to influence a people group. Easter breakfast was another way. Sometimes the only way to somebody's heart is through their, their stomach. Yep, especially you shove one of them cinnamon rolls in, you're ready to rock and roll, man. And, uh, you know, I mean, it's just, it's just amazing. And so there's so many different ways to reach a people. Uh, we're on, uh, we're, we, uh, every week, uh, our messages go online. Uh, we, both, we have both uh, audio and, and, uh, and, and Vimeo we do and, and uh, now the Roco is finally getting all, kind of off that ground and kind of happening. We had a lot of uh, little struggle with some different things, just how getting it off the ground. But once it got going and now it's starting to take and pick up steam and we're pushing the door right now at nearly uh, just right at 140,000 people um, a, a, a message on our, uh, on our podcast. 140,000. And it reaches into 73 nations. In our Vimeo right now, we, we just went past the 10,000 mark per message in 124 nations, I believe it is. And you think, huh? You know, but it's just another way, amen, to, you know, to somehow impart, imprint, impact a generation. And we'll try to use any means that we can, amen. And so... It's because of faithful people connecting with a vision, faithful people connecting with a purpose, amen, faithful people willing to serve and to be a blessing to somebody else. Sometimes the quickest way to get free from anything you're dealing with is to reach out and to help somebody else. 
It's amazing. It's amazing. When you kind of get you off your mind, it's amazing how fast that stuff gets, you know, just goes by the wayside. Anybody else hearing me today? Well, I'm kind of getting ahead of myself a little bit. So we're going to go to the book of Acts today. The book of Acts, chapter 13, if we will. Are you still with me? Acts 13. And by the way, it takes people to do all this. It takes people to do it. It takes people willing to just say, you know what, uh, maybe I have to give up a little bit of my time, but it's worth it to just touch a life, amen, to make a difference in somebody's life. Are you still with me? Okay, Acts 13, please. And what we have in context going on is um, uh, Paul is, is really at in, in uh, Antioch right now and preaching, okay? And so he's kind of going through uh, the story, a kind of a timeline thing. And uh, he, he brings up uh, this man called David, all right? And, and, and it says, and when he had removed him, they're talking about Saul right there. So Saul was removed from his kingship. It says, then he raised up for them, the people of God, David as king, to whom also he gave testimony and said, I have found David, the son of Jesse, a man after uh, my own heart. Now, how, that, how would you like that to be said about you? That you're an individual, a man or a woman after God's own heart, right? Who will do, this is why he was, he will do all my will, all right? Now, how many know David wasn't perfect? I mean, David made some serious mistakes, uh, but he was willing to repent. <laughs> I'm going to use that word. Huh? He's willing to do when he recognized What have I done? What have I messed up? And he repented. God turned some things, praise God, and started moving forward. Praise God. He was able to finish what he was supposed to finish. Praise the Lord. Uh, but the word says here that I have found David, the son of Jesse, a man after my own heart. Amen. Hallelujah. God is still looking for people, amen, that are after his heart. The word even says that the eyes of the Lord are going to and forth upon the horse, seeking to show himself strong on behalf of those who have a loyal heart. In other words, your heart is after his heart. Praise God. Amen. Somebody that wants God. Amen. So a uh, man after his own heart, who will do all my will? Who will do? Everybody say, will do. will do. Let's go ahead and define this for a minute. The word will do is poyo, is the, is the uh, Greek word here used. And it means uh, shall fulfill or shall carry out or complete, to execute something, in other words, to, to bring it out, to make it get done, to commit. Literally means to commit without any delay. In other words, somebody that's willing to do is somebody, amen, who's willing to commit their time, energies, efforts, to execute something, to make sure that something gets done, amen, regardless of what's uh, against them or regardless of the conditions, regardless of what's going on, but re really commit without any delay. Everybody say, will do. will do. Hallelujah. Look at your neighbor and say, are you a will do person? Will do. Amen. So who will do, and then it said, all my will. Now, that's a different word, okay? Now, there's a reason I'm, I'm sharing this, because, it, you know, because everything we have to share here. But thelema is the Greek word there, thelema. And it just means desire, purpose, choice, or determination. And it literally means regardless of any condition. In other words, who will do, amen, my desire will do what I'm asking, regardless of what you're dealing with, right? Regardless of what you're facing right now. Amen. See, some people don't do the will of God because of their condition. They don't do the will of God because of, they say, well, uh, I don't have time. No, yes, you do have time. No, you don't. I don't have time. No, you have time. You just as much time as anybody else. Well, Pastor, you just don't. No, 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 no. No. Who will do. All my will. 
Amen. So when God asked David, amen, to do this, he did it. When God asked David, amen, will you, you know, change this, he changed it. When God put on his heart, don't do that, he didn't do that. When God said, repent from that, he repented from that. Are you hearing me? Amen. Hallelujah. So that's why he was a man. I mean, God said this. He's a man after my own heart. That's a good thing to be said about you. Amen. Now, amen, what else did this man called David, what else did he do? If you get a little bit further on down, let's go back uh, down to verse 36. And it says this about David. So he's still talking about David here. He said, David, for David, after he had served, everybody say served, served his own generation by the will of God, amen, then fell asleep or died, right, and was buried with his fathers and saw corruption. In other words, but he, the word says before he died that he served his own generation by the will of God. Now, this word will, here's a different word, bole, okay, which means volition or willpower, amen, purpose of, or the advice, counsel, or direction of. In other words, he, will, he did it by the will of God, amen, by the direction of God, by the, here we go, breath of God, amen, God breathed into him, and he was willing to do what? What did he do? Well, he served his own generation. Now, God ain't asking any of us to serve our generation without being breathed into, without being led or directed. Come on, somebody. Every, no, not everybody's called to go in the prison. And if you ain't called to go in the prison, please don't. Not everybody's called to pastor. And if you ain't called to pastor, please don't. Do yourself a favor. And probably everybody else. Amen. I'm just serious. Not everybody's called to do these things. But there are things that we all can do. And there are things, praise God, that every single one of us are called to do. Amen. Everybody say, serve your generation. Hallelujah. That's what made him a man after God's own heart. Was Part of it was he served his own generation. The word here, served, okay, it's all important. Uh, literally, it means to be subservient. Okay, and a, lot, that's, a lot of people look at that as a negative thing, but it means to assist or help or to administer to another. It means to minister or to subserve, which again just means to help further another. Amen. So some people say, well, bless God, I ain't going to be subservient to anybody. Well, listen, all you're about, all, all we're here to do is to help further another. We get in, we support, we help to further another, to benefit the life of another. Why do we do VBS? Listen, <laughs> if we weren't called to do VBS, we wouldn't because it's so much work. It takes everybody. We have 80 volunteers that just make it work. 200 kids show up, you better have 80. And we don't just do flannel graphs. Everything's erupting and exploding and music's booming and puppets and people in there acting and talking and telling stories and then they're eating sugar and then it makes it worse and (laughs) games. We try try to wear them out in the games. Why do we do all this? To further another. To help benefit another. If we can impact this one, 
Amen. It may affect the whole family. Why do we spend time in a prison? To impact to further another. Why? Because if we can impact that one, we might impact their whole family. Why do we go to a nursing home? Because we're called to further another, to help, to benefit. We could touch a life. This little lady right here, okay, her and Jackie go into the, into the nursing home. They've had miracles happen in the nursing home. A 40-some-year-old man was in there because of physical uh, stroke. It was a stroke. Prayed for him. Okay, believe in God for a miracle. Okay, not just some panty-waist, sissified, now I lay me down to sleep stuff. But believe in God for a miracle. They go in the next time, he's not there. What's the deal? He was raised up. He got to go home. Uh, one time, uh, was a 95-year-old, prayed for, and he receives Christ. Now, that's kind of like sliding in there, baby. But, yeah, come on. Everybody say influence. See, we're called to impact, to influence, to impart. Amen. See, there's so many different ways. Amen. So many different ways. Nowadays, you know, because, you know, we got a phone that you can just tap and you, can, you got information coming to you from every parts of the world and you can talk to anybody and communicate with anybody. It's just amazing all the stuff and the technology and the ways that we can do things. But it takes time. It takes people that know how to do it, people willing to do it, people willing to keep up with it. It's like good night. Some of this stuff changes like on a weekly basis. You got to like stay with it and keep up with it. Feeding the hungry, feeding folks. There are things like, I mean, I mean, somebody said, well, I, I can't do anything. Well, I, I think you make a pretty mean pie, man. I'll take one of them. I mean, some people, we got some folks in our church that all they do, amen, for, oh, I shouldn't say all they do, but one of the things they do, praise God, is they just make sure that, amen, the desserts are on the table, praise the Lord. In all the events, they're always making sure there's desserts there. Now, I'm grateful for that ministry. Amen. I'm just telling you, there's just so many ways to impact the generation, so many ways to be able to serve, to further another, and it's amazing. There, it's, it's not hard to do this. Amen. Sometimes it's like, what is it you love to do? Well, you might be amazed. That might be what God's going to use, amen, to further another. Come on, somebody. Anybody like to ride? Born to be wild. Not horses. You can ride horses. No, actually, there's a ministry in that, too. I'm not going to that one. I ride steel ponies. That's the way it works. Amen. But there are those four-legged ones that people love. Praise the Lord. And there's a ministry on that. We do a rodeo Bible camp. I'm glad they do it. I'm not called to it. I'll support it. I'll get behind it. Yay, team. Let's go. Right? But they can get on the horse. They can get on the cow. They can get on the bull. That's good. I'd rather ride a steel one. Just leave me alone. I like what I like. Amen. But some people use that. 
There's all kinds of things. There's all kinds of ways that people are used to make a difference in another, to further another. Prayer ministry. Thank you, Trudy. Prayer ministry. Don't even realize how much behind-the-scenes stuff goes on, and what we're doing is serving our generation, furthering another by just spending time in intercession for others. Amen. Some of you are being prayed for. You don't even know it. Some of you are being covered, praise God, because somebody is faithful to pray for you. Some of you are walking in the favor of God because somebody has been praying for you. Some of you are seeing God move in your household because somebody is praying for you. Look at your neighbor and say, hallelujah. Hallelujah. See, there's all kinds of ways. Now, granted, I guarantee you by sharing this, I'm going to miss somebody, but uh, but I'm just telling you, there's so many different ways. Opening up your home to do a study, to encourage groups and Bible studies and things. It's just amazing how just making a difference in the life of another individual. That one message could be the thing that changed their life forever. You know, Billy Graham, uh, of course, gone home to be with the Lord, but changed literally millions of lives. And what was it somebody said? It was like a shoe salesman that led him to the Lord. Is that right? Something like that? Guy putting on shoes or something? And, and Billy Graham walks out the door saved. Who? And you just never know. And there he goes, huh? Impacts a generation. I mean, impacts a generation. Whew. Look at your neighbor and say, let's serve our generation. <laughs> All right. Praise the Lord. Let's look at something else here. Let's go to uh, 1 Samuel 2, 22. 1 Samuel 22. Since we're kind of talking about this man named David, 1 Samuel 22. All right. <clears throat> now, what we got, uh, this really is, uh, uh, this man that has a heart after God, um, a man after God's own heart. Um, so, <clears throat> David right now, he's already been anointed king anointed by the prophet, but King Saul ain't hooking up with it. So um, we have a man now on the run, and uh, Saul, of course, wants him dead. But uh, uh, David ends up in this place called Adullam, Cave of Adullam. Everybody say Adullam. Adullam. It's just, you know, you think, well, okay, what about it? Well, it's, it's, it's uh, a word that means of no significance. The word Adullam. So uh, they departed. Here he is now in this place of no significance. A cave of Adullam. Nothing big. It's just a place. It's a, you know, just a place. And uh, nothing significant. And it says, so when his brothers and all his father's house heard it, they went there. So now it's not just David. Now it's his brothers, his father's household. Okay, put verse 2 up there, if you will. And then it wasn't, and then a whole bunch of other people. It said, and everyone, never say everyone. Everyone who was in distress, everyone who was in debt, and everyone who was discontented gathered to him. Oh my gosh. 
And it said there was 400 of them, 400 men. And it said he became a captain over them. Amen. And, and David took these distressed, in debt, and discontented people and made mighty men out of them, Scripture says. To where they go down in history, amen, with such impressive feats of that God, I mean, did through them. I mean, it goes down the record book as, you know, these mighty men of David. Come out of this in, in distress, in debt, and discontented people. 400 of them. Now, all I can think about is this insignificant place must have been quite a place. I mean, we're not talking like this little bitty cave thing that we have right outside of town over here. Must be something more like the, you know, the Oregon caves or something, you know, big enough to have 400 plus. Come on, somebody. But the point is, the word said he became captain over him. He didn't call any of them unto himself. He didn't say, all right, I just want everybody to come follow me. He went there. Here come the family, and here come everybody else. And so he became captain over them. Amen. So he became, amen, captain. In other words, he was willing to go ahead and serve them. How can I help them? And, of course, he makes mighty men out of them. Amen. Now, just real quick, um, look at your neighbor and say, you could be insignificant too. Somebody said, huh? Well, let's just think about this. Okay, in distress. Okay, in distress. Now, this just means uh, uh, a narrow place, a confinement, okay? Uh, it means a disability or inability. Literally talks about a physical limitation. So um, you could be, you know, maybe in this insignificant place in yourself because maybe you're looking at yourself physically thinking, I really can't do anything. I mean, what could I do? I mean, look at me. What could I do? You might be amazed what you could do. So we have physical, uh, you know, limitations. It says in debt, and it means just that, in debt, okay, means they owe, uh, they owe, they're owing people, okay. So it talks about financial limitations. I've had a lot of people tell me they can't do anything because of financial limitations. Well, I have to work these seven jobs. If I don't work these seven jobs, ain't no way I'm going to. So I can't, I can't help. I can't serve. Listen, stop. See, you, you, right now you just might be in the cave. See, it doesn't matter if we got physical limitations. It doesn't matter if we got financial limitations. Amen. You could still become one of the mighty men. Right? right? See, sometimes we just don't think there's anything we can do. There's no way I can make a difference. I believe you can. Okay, how about discontented? Okay. In fact, they gave a cross-reference on this one. It just means bitter of soul. There's a lot of people I've met that are bitter. And bitter people sometimes are not always fun to work with. Come on. But it also means angry or offended. Huh? It speaks of mental limitations. I'm angry. I'm offended. I'm bitter. Somebody says, well, ain't no way you can use that person. Sure you can. It's just a limitation. We can work through that. We can get them healed up. 
Do you think, do you think they all stayed in distress? Do you think they all stayed in debt? Do you think they all stayed discontented? They didn't stay there. But somebody capped in them. Come on. Somebody, amen, helped them, and they got through being in distress, all the physical limitations. They got through this debt thing, all the financial limitations. They got through this discontentment, all the mental limitations, and they became mighty men to the point this group right here was feared by all other armies. Every other army wanted this group on their side. Nobody wanted to go up against them. They'd rather have them on their side. Come on, somebody. Now, they didn't obviously stay distressed, in debt, and discontented. It all changed. But it started in an insignificant place. And you might think, how could I be used by God? Well, obviously you can be. Has anybody ever started out in the cave and God's done something with them now? About four of you. Well, that's good. Work on a few more of you. Somebody said, no, I'm in the cave right now. That's where I'm at. Amen. That could be. Amen. But how many know God still wants to use you? Now, remember, okay, remember now, David was a man after God's own heart. Amen. And one of those things that made it that way was his willingness to serve his generation. Now, what David did then, David then impacted his generation. He became a difference maker. Now, that's a word I use a lot, but to me, it's what it's about. If I could say, what are you called to do? I'm called to be a difference maker. That's it. I just Anywhere I go, I want to make a difference. I want, to, I, want, I want to change something, help somebody, do something, imprint, impart, impact in any way I can, because to me, gospel is all about influence. Everything, the gospel is all about influence. Amen. That's what it's all about. Who can we change? Who can we help? Who can we make different? Has anybody been made different in this house? Yes. All seven of you. Anybody ever made, been made different in this house? Yes. Thank you very much. Amen. And so I believe with all my heart that's what we're all called to do. Be a difference maker. Amen. So let's look at what the gospel has to say about this. All right. Hallelujah. Let's go to Philippians 2. We're going to spend probably the rest of our time in, in the New Covenant here. And we'll move fairly quick here. <clears throat> so Philippians chapter 2. You doing good? All right. Verse, uh, let's just read verse 15. All right. Philippians 2 and verse 15. And it says this. <clears throat> Actually, uh, maybe I'll read, quickly read 14. Do all things without complaining and disputing. That sounds like a wonderful thing. That you, there we go, that you may become blameless and harmless children of God without fault in the midst of what? <clears throat> Somebody said, well, I don't, this generation's nuts. Yes, it's crooked and perverse. And I think each one almost gets a little worse. But it doesn't matter. See, even in the midst of this, he's, you got to be willing to do, come on, all his will. Then no matter the conditions, no matter what's going on, just follow God. Just let God use you. No matter where you're at right now, you might say, I'm still in the cave. Are you sure God can do something with me? Yes! He can do something with you. 
but you got to be willing to let him breathe in you, let him speak to you, let him lead you, let him walk you through this thing. And when you do, praise God, you come out on the other side, the champion, hallelujah, you come out the other side, a mighty man or a mighty woman of God, amen. Uh, uh, what, is, uh, what did he call Gideon? The mighty man of valor, praise God, amen. Hallelujah. That's what we're called. But see, God's going to use you even in the midst of a crooked and perverse generation. But it says, among whom then you shine. You shine. Well, pastor, I go to this, I work in this place. They're all heathen. Woo! (laughs) Somebody said, oh, no, I can't work. There's too many heathen. No, you're there for a purpose. This little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine. This little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine. Let it shine. Let it shine. Let it shine. That's not how I sing it. This honking light of mine, I'm going to let it shine. This honking light of mine, I'm going to let it shine. Let it shine. Let it shine. Let it shine. Somebody says, oh, yeah, but you're annoying. It doesn't matter. I ain't worried about what they think of me. One time at the meal, I remember this. I don't know, maybe somebody get bored with my stories, but, uh, you know, I was going in the lunchroom, and they're just in there, man, having themselves, you know, they're all talking, and it's all friends. I mean, I got, you know, I'm connected with all of them, but uh, they're in there just, man, talking stuff and, and, and a lot of cuss words and stuff going on and, and everything, and I'm standing at the vending mis- machine because I have to get me a Snickers. <laughs> Snickers are anointed. And so uh, I was feeling a need for anointing. And uh, so I'm, I'm thinking to myself, you know, I'm standing here, and they're all just kind of saying and talking stuff. You know what happens in these lunchrooms. And, and I just thought, you know, I just started putting coins in. And I said, praise the Lord. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Woo! Thank you, Lord, for Snickers. <laughs> you could have heard a pin drop in there. All right. Thrive on this. Amen. So you could hear a pin drop in there. And I look at them. They're all staring at me like, dude. I said, listen, you all got your turn. I got mine. Walk out. Amen. Went and ate my Snickers. Amen. Praise the Lord. But it made a, it made a difference. Amen. And, uh, you know, not everybody likes that kind of thing. I get it. Not everybody feels the urge to do that. I get it. But I guarantee you all of us in one way or another are called to impact and make a difference in our generation. Come on, somebody. And not just your family. Now, you should be doing that too. Amen to that. But not just your household. It should go beyond. Amen. There's ways of reaching another. Praise God. And like I said at the beginning of this, sometimes the very way to get free from whatever it is you're dealing with is to be reach beyond yourself, think beyond yourself, and help reach another person. Come on. Further another. Amen. Serve your generation. Come on. And you might be amazed at what begins to happen. Praise God. Amen. 
Hallelujah. Are you still with me? I mean, Trudy comes up here with a box full of hats. And made a difference. All right, Matthew 5. Let's look at this. Matthew 5. Somebody still with me? It's amazing what God can do. Amen? Matthew 5. Common text here, right? Verse 13. You are the salt of the earth. Right? You're the seasoning. Right? But if the salt loses its flavor or its usefulness or its purpose... How shall it be seasoned? In other words, what, salt's made to do something, right? And it goes on, it is then good for nothing but to be thrown out and trampled underfoot by men. In other words, it's a ground sterilizer. You may not be able to put that now on, on, on food, but we'll just throw it on the ground and sterilize the ground. Well, you ain't called to be ground sterilizer. You're called to be seasoning, amen, hallelujah. And praise the Lord, some of you are way different than others, hallelujah. There ain't nobody the same. I said, hallelujah. I ain't asking everybody to do it like I do it. You do it like God's called you to do it, praise God. But I'm going to do it like God's called me to do it. Amen. I have a lot more fun that way, by the way. Just a thought. I'm just telling you. Somebody says, well, I just, just Christian life. I tell you, listen, if you were doing what God's told you to do and having fun, you'd have fun doing it. Come on, somebody. There's just something about it. When you're doing the will of God, amen, you can actually enjoy this life. You actually have fun. Okay, look at your neighbor and say, I need a little of that. Praise the Lord. <laughs> All right, so you are, verse 14, you are the light of the world, right? A city that is set on a hill cannot be hidden. Isn't that good? Uh, listen, you're walking God. It might be personal. It is. It's, you know, I love Jesus, and Jesus loves me, and, oh, it's so personal. But it's never private. It's going to be seen. It has to be seen to be a part of what God's doing. Amen. It must be seen. You are a, like a city on top of a hill. Everybody from miles around knows where they're going because they can see the light. Nor do they light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a lampstand. Why? That it gives what? Light to all who are in the house. That means influencing your world. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. Praise God. You know what it says? That they will see your good works. They're supposed to, it's supposed to be seen. Somebody says, well, I just don't like people looking at me. Say, well, it's none of it's nobody's business. Yeah, yeah, they're judging me. Well, then give them something good to look at. Sometimes that's sometimes that is what keeps you on the straight and narrow. Because everybody does judge you. Somebody said, well, they're not supposed to. Get used to it. Everybody's looking at you, and everybody has an opinion. So what I want to know is what you're doing is, are you doing what matters to heaven? 
Or are you doing what matters to the world? Are you more worried about what the world thinks of you or what God thinks of you? I'd rather be, I'd rather, you know, get to heaven one day and hear, well done, thou good and faithful servant. Instead of getting there and go, well, huh? Am I hearing me? I mean, when you get there, you know, I'd rather, you know, know that I did something. I want to Im- imprint, impart, hallelujah, I want to impact my generation somehow. Somehow, I want to make a difference. Anybody else in there with me? Okay, that was kind of weak. Let's go to 1 Peter. Let's do that. We're, we're cruising here. We're just, we're, we're winding down. Only have 47 more verses. No, 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 I don't. Uh, 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 9, right? You are, you are, you are a chosen generation. Amen. Favorites, it means. The elect and favored. Hallelujah, a favorite one. You are, look at your neighbor and say, you must be his favorite. All right. So a royal priesthood, a holy nation. Come on. That's what it should be, right? His own special people or peculiar people. Look at your neighbor and say, some are definitely more peculiar than others. Okay, you don't have to say that. But anyway, somebody says, I'll get in trouble for that one. Amen. We're all different. That's what it should be. Amen. That you, here we go, get to the part. That you may proclaim the praises of him who called you out of darkness. You were called out of darkness and where? Into his marvelous light. Amen. It goes on to say, who once were not a people, but are now a people of God who had obtained, who not obtained mercy, but now have obtained mercy. Amen. That's you and me. In other words, you were called out of the dark. You were called into the light. Amen. Well, so praise God. Everyone around you, the same thing. They're called out of the dark and called into the light. Are you still with me? So we're called to serve this generation. Why? Because all these people were called out of the dark and called into the light. Somebody just has to tell them. Book of Acts real quick. We'll skip a couple of these. Go to the book of Acts. We were there once, but let's, we'll finish in Acts. We started in Acts, we'll finish in Acts. How's that? How's that, right? All right. You okay with that? Uh, Acts, let's go Acts 17. All right? Acts 17. I don't know if I gave you these verses back there, but we're, we're going to roll with it. Okay, what happens here? Acts 17, verse 16. Okay, this is Paul in Athens, right? Now, while Paul waited for them in Athens, okay, waiting for the guys to show up, all right, his spirit was provoked within him. That means was stirred, was roused. Uh, he, was, he, was, he was motivated because of what he was seeing. Amen. He wasn't about just to stand around and go, well, you know, it's none of my business. No, I don't, oh, no, I, I might get, you know, people might not like me. People might not want to hear what I have to say. You know, somebody says, you know, when you're sharing, it, 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 it offends me. Don't ever say that to me. <laughs> Don't ever say that to me. I'll embarrass you. Okay? <laughs> oh, yeah. Because <laughs> you offend me. So, 
We're two offended people looking at each other right now. Who do you think is going to win? Come on now. We're all, well, listen, we have just as much right to share our faith as the guy has a right to share what he thinks. Everybody has their opinions. Everybody spews it out left and right, and they don't care who hear it. And why are we standing back not saying anything? Why are we hiding in the background? Because we just want everybody to like us. Well, where in a book does it say they're all going to like you? In fact, the world says, in fact, the book says if the world likes you, there's something wrong. Now, it doesn't say in there go around try to offend everybody either. So I believe if you're being led by God, you can do things, say things in a way that doesn't necessarily offend everybody, but at the same time, it gets the message across where you can truly impart, impact, and imprint a generation. Praise God. It could be that the thing you say right there may change that life forever. So Paul was provoked within himself because he saw a city that was given over to idols. And so he went around trying to share and talk, and not everybody was getting it, and finally God gave him an idea. Sees that one statue over there to the unknown God. He thought, ha! Come one, come all! I'm here to proclaim the unknown God. And people, ooh. The unknown God, the one in whom you worship that you don't know. But I'm about to introduce you to him. The one that created it all. He doesn't need some statue. He doesn't need some place. He doesn't need your hands raised. He designed it all, did it all, and is still doing it. And all of a sudden, he's got their attention. One idea from God, amen, changing, impacting, imprinting now into a generation, amen, because of his willingness. He could have just walked off. He could have said, oh, this city's just got way too much sin in it. I better leave. Now, some may say, well, pastor, every time I get around that mess, it affects me. Well, we need to change that. Because you're supposed to be doing the influencing, not being influenced by a world. Come on, somebody. So there may be some things we'll work with you on and help you with and, and, you know, teach you and all that kind of stuff, get you all fixed up and that, get ready for it. But when it comes right down to it, listen, life isn't really all that much fun until you're doing what God designed you to do. And I'm just telling you, it is way more. Some people are going around their whole life with this gnawing on the inside because they know they're called to do something. They're just not sure what. So I just keep doing this and doing that. And I guess we're all, you know, we're just supposed to get married and have babies and, and you know, go to a nine to five and, 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 you know, just do it. And maybe somehow and the whole time we've got this thing. God says, if you'd slow down and settle down and hush up for a minute, I'll speak into you what you're called to do. And when you start doing that, all of a sudden, you're provoked. <laughs> to 
to do something, praise God. Woo! Make a pie. <laughs> Little Beverly making pies over here and anointing those berries. I take one bite of that pie and <laughs> Woo! For good for good. I better watch it for good there. That's what. <laughs> Let me think, well, you talking about fermented berries or what? No, no, no. No, good stuff, praise God. She makes great stuff. Come on, somebody. Yeah. Hallelujah. All right. Whew. Acts 26, last verse. Here we go. Let's go. Acts 26. You doing okay? All right. Paul knew what he was called to do. That's why when stuff like that happened, he was provoked. You know, an earlier verse there, it even said the others came out and says, those guys over there, they've come to our town. They always turn the world upside down. And I thought, man, I hope they say that about me. That Jerry guy, he turns the world upside down everywhere he goes. Hallelujah. It's like a flapjack. <laughs> Better get spiritual. All right. This is what Paul was called to do. All right. He knew what he was sent to do. And this is what Jesus told him. Right. This is what he breathed into him. You're there. You're called to go what? Open their eyes. In order to turn them from darkness to light, from the power of Satan to God, that they may receive forgiveness of sins and an inheritance among those who are sanctified by faith in me. Go make a difference. They're called out of darkness and into the light. All you got to go do now is be the light, praise God. Hallelujah. Woo them toward the light, praise the Lord. Hallelujah. And make a difference, praise God. Sometimes people say, I just don't know what to say. I'm like, what? I just can't comprehend that. There's always something to say. I mean, it could just be, you know what? I don't know a doggone thing about this Jesus stuff, except that when I met him, woo, my life changed. I'm different. I'm not the same guy. All I know is from top to bottom, I was flipped upside down and made different. And if you meet the same one I met, I guarantee he can do the same thing for you. Somebody says, what do I got to do? What do I got to know? All, all I did was say, I received him. And I received him, and it made my life different. I received Jesus while driving in a car by myself. And I'd heard somebody else tell us that you need Jesus. But I was just driving down the highway. And all of a sudden, I just had this moment. And I said, Lord, if you are real, I want some of that. And next thing you know, I'm different. And I think it stuck. <laughs> I'm pretty sure it did. And I was just driving down the highway. 
Some people come forward. Some people have somebody praying over them. Somebody, uh, you know, somebody, uh, you know, maybe watching, uh, you know, a network or doing something and watching. Somebody says, do you know Jesus? And you said, no. Well, do you want? You're going, yeah. And you're just you're in the room by yourself talking to somebody. And all of a sudden you receive Jesus and man, your life changed and everything's different. And this is how it works. And if you don't know Jesus today, you need to know Jesus. I mean, he's the he's the reason for every season. He's what makes it work. He's what makes it happen. He's what brings joy. It's what brings peace. It's what what brings strength and comfort. Praise God. No matter what you're going through, what you're dealing with, he's your answer. Amen. He's not a way. He's the way. He's not a truth. He's the truth. He's not a life. He is the life. He's it. You can stand up now. I think I got sweaty on this one. Did you get something today? Yeah, praise the Lord. Well, look at your neighbor and say, let's impact the world. Praise God. Amen. Amen. Let's impact our generation. Amen. Praise the Lord. Man, I just so many ways. And I know I didn't mention, I know there's so many of you that do things that, that a lot of times probably just doesn't uh, get recognized as much as it should. But I understand there's just so many different ways to be used by God. And if you just let God speak to you, let God you know, breathe into you on a day-to-day basis. It won't be long, and you're going to be doing exactly what you're called to do. Amen. And you're going to actually enjoy this thing. Amen. Hallelujah. Father, we give you praise and glory and honor. We're so thankful for your word, so thankful for these principles. Father, I'm thankful for uh, people who are passionate, uh, like David, and like, like Paul, Lord God. And Lord, I just thank you right now for uh, the people of God throughout the world and from generations past up to this generation who have poured their life, their energies and their efforts into the things of God to really impart, implant, and impact their own generation. But Lord, I'm believing in this place today, in this house, is a people who, w- who are truly willing to implant impart and impact their generation and father i give you praise for each and every one of them thank you for all those you are using for those you are training right now to be used and lord for those in the future who will be used mightily to change a world to change a nation hallelujah to change their community and i give you the praise and the glory for it if you're in here today and as i mentioned if you've never made jesus lord of your life man this is the time to do it this is the hour to do it Man, I'm telling you, this is even the place to do it. Praise God. Amen. So if you've never done that and you need uh, to receive Jesus as Lord, I would love to be the one to pray with you, uh, to, to introduce you to my best friend, and his name is Jesus. Praise God. So if you're in here today, you say, Pastor, I've never done that, but I need to do that today. Praise God. I want you to raise your hand where I can see it. Is there anybody in here? Anybody in here? Hallelujah. There's one right here. Anybody else? One back there. Praise God. Hallelujah. Anybody else in here today? All right. If I could, I'm not here to, I'm not here to embarrass anybody. I'm not here uh, to you know, somehow make you feel uncomfortable. But if I could have those that have raised their hand to come on up here, if you will. Come on up here, if you will. I would like to pray with you. Amen. Again, give them a hand clap. Praise the Lord. <clears throat> Praise the Lord.
Praise the Lord, brother. Praise God. What was your name again? What's that? Jacob. Jacob. All right. This is Jacob and Lindsay. Good to meet you both. Praise God. Good to have you here today. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. I tell you what, we're gonna we're gonna I'm gonna pray over them real quick, and then we're gonna do a confession together. And well, I'm gonna ask you to join us and everybody in here to join us as we do that together. All right. So let me pray over them first. Father, I just give you praise right now uh, for Jacob and Lindsay right now. Thank you, Lord God, uh, just for moving on their behalf today, moving on their heart today, and Lord God for their willingness and Lord their obedience uh, to come forward, and Lord even to just take a, a, a bold step in a place that they've never been before. And I thank you, Lord God, for that obedience today and their willingness to do that. We give you praise and glory for that. And Father, I thank you for showing yourself strong to them. Lord God, imparting into them even today, Lord God, a willingness to to move forward in you and to, to make life different. Amen. To make life good. Hallelujah. And for that, we give you praise. Let's everybody say this together. Lord Jesus, we receive you as Lord, as Savior. We receive you in our hearts today as our master. Lead us, guide us, and direct us in days ahead. We lean on you, we trust in you, and we're willing to keep following you. And we give you thanks and honor in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Praise God. Did you say that? Did you mean that with your heart? Praise God. Did you say that? Did you mean that with your heart? Praise God. Uh, We have Rick and Kathy right here. They're going to, in fact, I'm going to have you guys, uh, if you would, just kind of follow them. They have a gift for you, and they just want to pray with you some more if you don't mind. Give give the Lord a praise for that, if you will. (laughs) Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Isn't God good? Not proper English, but you get it. Amen. Hallelujah. We had somebody last night give their heart to the Lord, too, so that was pretty cool. Uh, we had last week in our Sunday school department, uh, I think they said five in the elementary, and was it two or two in the junior high? And uh, so uh, God's just doing some great things, praise the Lord. Amen. Praise the Lord. Give the Lord another clap, hand clap if you want. Hallelujah. Well, turn to someone, slap them five, say, isn't God good? Praise God. And you are dismissed. Thank you for joining us for this message. We'd like to take this opportunity to encourage those listening from anywhere in Central Oregon to join us Sunday mornings at 10 a.m. and Wednesday evenings at 7 p.m. for our regular services. We understand that many do not have a home church, and we can't emphasize enough the importance of connecting with a church family. We'd be honored to meet you and spend time with you praising God.